0: We're going to continue uh, with our sermon series in fasting, not by bread alone, and this week's sermon is Break Through the Burger King, okay? And so, yes, there may or may not be three Burger King gift cards hidden throughout the church, I'm safe to say all the gift cards were found yesterday, or last week, Um, but now one rule, we had one child that was trying to search for all three of them, okay, I can appreciate that. Uh, that is really good. We're going to say, if you, fi- if you have one, you won the game. You don't need to find the other two. Allow other people to be blessed by that as well. Um, you know who I'm talking to. So, break through the Burger King. We're going to start with that. Now, Burger King has a special place in my heart um, because that is where my mom and dad met each other. Uh, If you guys remember, uh, the Burger King on Cicero, just north of 111th Street in Oak Lawn. Now it's something else. But that is where my mom, as an 18-year-old, got a job from my father, who was the franchisee of that. I don't know how that worked with HR, but back then maybe it didn't matter. But that is where my parents met. They had a—now, I won't use that logo there. That's weird because it's my parents— Uh, But that is where my parents met. So Burger King always has a place in our story as the Holland owners. My father franchised two of them uh, in his 20s. And so Burger King has gone through many different slogans over the years. We're going to go over some of those today. So 1974, how many people were around and remember the 1974 slogan? Be proud, it's okay. Right? The 1974 slogan, have it your way. Right? That was the slogan, keep going. 1991, your way right away. So, I mean, for a good almost 20 years, it was have it your way. Then we continue on, 1998, if you ask us, it just tastes better. So they took a right turn there from having it your way. Maybe people were saying it didn't taste good, they wanted to prove them wrong. Then the next year they decided they were in error, so they went back. When you have it your way, it just tastes better. So it's kind of a combination of those slogans. You keep going, right? They're like, ooh, that's a little too wordy for a slogan. So we're just going to say Burger King, where you're the boss. Uh, Sure. So then we keep going. 2014, be your way. So they've all kind, is that it? Hannah, is that all of them? No, there's still more. 15, very creative, your way. So I don't know how many, like, directors of marketing they had in Burger King, but it all kind of rallies around the same idea of have it your way right away. When you do, it just tastes better. You're the boss. You taste better when you're the boss or something. Uh, Your way is boss. Dave and Kim boss. I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. But, I mean, the slogans all rally around this idea of me. It's my way, right? Now, the funny thing is when you go to a Burger King and you ask for your way, now they roll their eyes at you because they only want to make it one way. So I'm not sure what's happened since 2005. It's, you know, maybe it's just the workforce today. I have no idea. But this idea of having it our way is something that the culture feeds on. Every day we get inundated with this understanding of it's your way. You do you. Right? You're your own God, you're your own authority, all this kind of stuff. And who knew Burger King fed into that? Or fed off of that, or however you want to look at it. That this idea of you are in control. What in the world does this have to do with fasting? To have a good understanding of fasting, just like anything, you have to know what it is and what it's not. Just like an individual, just like an organization. This is not how you go about fasting fasting we can make it so eternally individualized because we have this mentality right where else do we have the our way right away mentality in life don't say McDonald's right because that's not the hi- what my way or the highway okay but where else do we have this my way it's gotta be my way mentality Social media, absolutely, sure. Where else? Yeah. Relationships. (laughs) (laughs) That was from the gem. That was a gem. Wow. From a gem and a gem. Good answer. Yeah, Heidi. Ourselves. Ourselves. We want it our way, right? Where else? Your house. Absolutely, right? You want it one way, right? Especially in the hollowed house, it's called... Carrie's way. And so understanding that, you know, that we have that individuality and that we like things in certain places. Where else? Politics, sure. Yeah. Where else? I was waiting for that, right? Yeah. We want it our way, right away, right? Pastors. It's not how that should go, right? It should not be pastor's way. And I thank God that I don't have that. Right, I thank God I have elders and deacons that can tell me no and say, that's just not a good idea. And uh, that's good. I appreciate being the dumbest in the room. But understanding that this individuality is fed from somewhere. And it goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 3. When Satan turned to Eve, slithered up to her, and said, did God really say Because God is the only person that can say it, and that is the way it is. God's way is the best way. How do we know? Because he created the way. When you get to create the way, it is your way. Maybe you should have done how many times I was going to say the word way, and then you need multiple pieces of paper. But understanding that, that, that's exactly what Satan did. Did God really say, just in that one question, in that one manipulation of scripture, sin was born because it brought doubt? Wait, is God's way the best way? Or can it be my way? Because let's call a spade a spade. If we had God's way, if God's way was established and followed in the garden, we'd be in the garden. Life would be perfect. It would be wonderful. We wouldn't need church because we'd be in ever-present relationship with God, walking with him every day. But that little turn of phrase changed it. And so what we see in Scripture and what we see in our lives is this journey of defining way, the way. Defining the way back to God, defining a way to love God, to love people, to follow God and his laws. And one person that had to do that in the scriptures against a lot of persecution was Daniel. Right? Daniel. And it's not just in the Bible. You can read accounts in Daniel and many other ancient writings. Right? Nebuchadnezzar was a big king in that history. Daniel was one of his kind of right hands. And Daniel went through something. And we're just going to read a small section of Daniel chapter 10. Where it writes, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a word was revealed to Daniel who was named Balthazar, and the word was true, and it was of great conflict. And he understood the word and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for these three full weeks. And so we see this understanding of a conflict in Daniel's life. There are things coming down the road, and how does Daniel know? Because he saw the vision. And he knew he needed to prepare. He was mourning. He was conflicted. He needed direction. So let me just ask this morning, the fourth Sunday of April out of five, how many of you come this morning conflicted about something in your life or in your spirit, needing direction in your life or in your spirit, or maybe you're come this morning mourning something in your life and in your spirit? We all have that in common because we all should be mourning our sins. But maybe you come this morning with a different kind of conflict, need of direction, or mourning in your life. Isn't it interesting when we can relate to some of the giants of the Bible? And I'm not talking Goliath. I'm talking about those that we know, the the stories we talk about a lot, and Daniel's one of them. Daniel plays a part in our family because my oldest son is Joseph Daniel. And we chose that because it's the name of our parents, right? It's also one of my favorite character from Friends, um, even though Carrie hates when I say that, but now it's on the interwebs, and so it's forever. Um, but we also wanted to name our, we really wanted to name him after our, the, kind of the names given to both of our parents, or both of our dads, but his name would have been Jack Daniel. And that's probably not okay. As a pastor's kid and a redhead, that's three strikes the minute you're born. But understand that Joseph, Daniel, we had a sign for him saying, I'm a dreamer. Because that's exactly what Joseph and Daniel were. And I think my oldest, in a very beautiful way, walks in that. He dreams. He's a dreamer. He sees. He's creative. All three of my sons are. And that's a beautiful thing. And God gave Daniel this vision throughout the book of Daniel about the end times. About what was coming to the people of Israel. And he was conflicted. And so what we see in, these three, cha- in the three, these three verses of chapter 10 is that in his conflict, in his need for direction, and in his mourning, he pulled back. He denied himself food. Can we put that verse back up, Hannah? Ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the first three full weeks. Now, anointing was a uh, a cultural thing that they did especially for those in the lord those prophets they anointed themselves it doesn't mean he didn't clean himself you know for three full weeks but ate no delicacies had no meat or wine enter my mouth for three full weeks he pulled back he denied himself and he started to fast out of his conflict in his life his need for direction and for his mourning of what was happening and what was to come. So I ask again, how many of you have ever been in that? You don't need to raise your hand. But think about a time where you were of great conflict and need of direction or maybe mourning. Isn't it funny that we can pull from Scripture that in that time we should fast? But isn't it funny that in our culture today we do the opposite? That when we're in need of things when we're struggling uh with conflict or in need of direction or we're mourning we do a thing called emotional eating how many of you emotionally eat and i will raise my hand okay how many of you emotionally drink okay yeah thank you for raising your hand some of you are like it's water but i emotionally drink it <laughs> other are like no it's not um, but uh, that's fine you know, but understanding that we can, when we, when we are so in our own world, we choose to do the opposite when what Daniel did was deny himself. He fasted. He sought the Lord. Now one thing we see in Daniel's life is he didn't get his way all the time when he did all of that, yet he did it anyway. So let me ask you, because part of fasting is denying yourself, is recognizing that God Want something else, you're feeling that stirring, you want to walk in that. But let me ask, what if we got our way all the time? What if every time we wanted something, we got it every time? We'd be spoiled. I think we gotta go way bigger than that. But so why? Why would the world be messed up, Mike? Because we're broken people. So, what do you mean by that? Every desire keep going. If two plus two equals four, which it does. Because, uh, will will Interesting. You want can you stand up and say that louder? If you can remember what you just said? Uh, no. Yeah, you're good. Don't come on stage, you're good. Just stay over there. Uh, the world would be more broken because God's will would not be if we had our way all the time So if we had our way all the time. What what Mike is offering, and I think he's right, is we're not going to be asking for God's will. It would be our will right away. We're the boss. Tastes better when it's ours. All that Burger King stuff. That's what would happen. So I guess it begs the question, how do we know the will of God? Well, the gems helped us out with that. We can do justly, love mercy, walk humbly. Because that is what the Lord requires of us. Micah 6. Thank you, gems. But how else can we know the will of God? Studying the word, Studying the word absolutely. How else? Peace. Peace. Starts with a P. That's the wrong answer. Prayer. Prayer. Let's go to see what our, one of our confessions, the Heidelberg Catechism. Now, what is a confession if you don't know? Right? We have God's word and we stand by God's word 100%. This is God's word, we live by it. What our confessions do is they help us understand God's word in an active, alive way. Because we don't know everything and when we claim to, that's sin and idol worship of ourselves. But what the Heidelberg Catechism, the Belgian Confession, and the Canons of Dort do, it helps us kind of guide the banks of the river so we don't abuse God's word. Because we can make God's word say whatever we want it to say. And a lot of times that's a lot Different than what God has to say about it. So our confessions helps us out in Lord's Day 45. So uh, we're going to look at three different questions and answers. The first is, why is prayer necessary for Christians? Because prayer is the most important part of the thankfulness which God requires of us. Moreover, God will give his grace and the Holy Spirit only to those who constantly and with heartfelt longing ask him for these gifts and thank him for it. Okay? Question 17. What belongs to a prayer which pleases God and is heard by Him? First, we must from the heart call upon the one true God only, who has revealed Himself in His Word for all that He has commanded us to pray. Second, we must thoroughly know our need and misery, so that we may humble ourselves before God. Third, we must rest. On this firm foundation that although we do not deserve it, God will certainly hear hear our prayer for the sake of Christ our Lord as he has promised in his word. There's a lot here. Last question. What has God commanded us to ask of him? Answer. All the things we need for body and soul as included in the prayer which Christ our Lord taught us to pray. Namely, the Lord's Prayer. So when we look at this idea of fasting, we cannot fast and not pray. It doesn't work. Fasting and prayer go hand in hand, more than hand in hand. They are one. If you think that you're going to fast to get a spiritual breakthrough, as we talked about last week, yet you're not going to communicate with God, it's not going to happen. Lord, I really want a breakthrough. I I really want to have this dynamic relationship with you. But I'm not going to talk to you about it. I'm not going to ask what you require of me. That's like going to your wife and saying, I really want a dynamic marriage. I want us to have a lot of fun. I want us to go on trips. I want us to work together to make sure the house is Carrie's way. And all of these things. Yet we don't, if Carrie and I don't talk to each other, that's not going to go well. Or let's take it to a relationship with your kids you want to have a dynamic parent child relationship you want them to always listen you want them to always look up to you and all of these things and be your example but if i don't talk to them and they don't talk to me and we don't foster communication that's not going to go well let's get outside of the family nucleus maybe you go to your boss and you want to have a dynamic relationship with your boss you want to seek something maybe you want a promotion Maybe you want to climb the corporate ladder, whatever it is. But you don't talk to anybody. You don't seek expectations. You don't look for answers. How's that going to go? It's not going to go well. Because fasting and prayer go hand in hand. That if we are asking God, because what fasting is, is asking God for that spiritual interaction and some kind of breakthrough in our life, then we have to recognize the fast is never about us it's about God it's about God engaging us in a way of understanding his will for our lives so we see that the Burger King motto is completely I don't know it's it's not capable or it's not not that's not the word it's it's not comparable to the Christian faith Burger King is what's everything wrong with the world and some would say fast food, and that's fair. That's your own opinion. But the my way, my I'm the boss, right way, tastes good, all that junk, that has, that's the opposite of a Christian. That's the opposite of the understanding for fasting, for prayer. But when we ask for breakthrough, the first thing we have to call out is ourselves as the stumbling block. Because when I want breakthrough in my life, when I'm seeking answers, when I feel like I'm on my last nerve or I'm on bended knee or whatever it is with God, I have to drop that it's my will for it. Because the question ultimately is, when I ask for breakthrough, when I, when I want to enter a spiritual fast or some other discipline, the question ultimately is, where's the heart of my fast? What is the heart of what it is that we are wanting? So take a look at this slide. What is the heart of your fast? As we continue to round out this idea of fasting, is it about your needs and your desires? Because if that's why you're fasting, you're doing it wrong. Well, I really want a promotion, so I'm going to fast in order to get that promotion. Nope, you missed it. You don't put in front of God what your desires are. You seek God for what his desire is for you. But we don't like that. Let's be honest, 100% today, when we're not the one in promotion, yet we prayed for it, we don't like that. God, the promotion's mine. It should be mine. How does that work when you're a child to your parent? And you tell your parents this is for you, mom, this is mine, I get this, right, or in five years, right, when Joey's going to be driving, heaven help us, you know, and all of those things, and he says, dad, this is the car I want, and I want you to give it to me, that dude's going to be walking for forever, I'm going to take his bike away, he'll have no wheels. But we do that with God. Now you may say, but we're called to ask specifically. We're supposed to pray continually. You seem to be contradicting yourself. No, I'm not. Because of what is the heart of your prayer? What is the heart of your fast? What is the heart of your relationship with God? That you get to Burger King everything? Or that he's the king of kings over everything? And you seek after him. That the king of kings and the Lord of lords would be manifest in your life. That the Creator knows exactly what the creation needs in that moment. Maybe you don't need that promotion right now. Maybe He wants you to seek after Him a little longer, which can sound like a dangling carrot, but God doesn't do that. Because God's yes is always the yes we get, never always the yes we want. We pray and we ask for God's will, God's will, our will and our way, Go to the back seat. The prime ask is God's will in my life. That's what Daniel was doing. Daniel knew he was going to be walking through things, but he wanted God to be manifest in his life for a reason. And I'll close with this this morning. Just as the gems really gave the sermon today, talking about doing justly, loving mercy, and walking humbly. If we're not going to do those things, how dare we fast? How dare we ask for God to be manifest in our life if we're not going to do what the Lord requires of us to do? To be people of justice, to see people, to love people. Yeah, and there are going to be people in the world that aren't like us. Look at the world today. There are so many different kinds of people. There are, right? And there's a conflict there. And there is struggle there. Regardless, if they have, light, if they have breath in their lungs and a, and a beating heart, are they still not people deserving of love that we can love them, right? That we can be in relationship with them because God calls us to to do justly, to love mercy, that are going to be people in life that are messed up, right? There are going to be people in life that have a lot of issues and problems, but how dare we judge them and, instead of loving them? Who am I to? Yeah, we are called to live right lives according to God's word. We get that. But if we keep to just those people, and we just love on all the people that look like us, smile like us, sound like us, as Christians then we're not doing our job to go out into all the world. Because if you have the light of Jesus Christ and you have the gospel of the life giver in you, then aren't we supposed to give that to everybody? To love mercy and to walk humbly. It's a lot easier to do it with a cup of coffee and a conversation than with a bullhorn and a gong. Last week I got to... Uh, do chapel at Lansing Christian, and we talked about 1 Corinthians 13. And I had about seven kids just start screaming as I read it. It was hilarious. It scared one preschool, she had to actually leave. Thank you, Nikki, the only one that felt compassion for the girl. The rest of you, check your heart. But understand that that's what the world hears when we don't come at it in love. We hear a bunch of kids just screaming. Because Paul says it, I'm a clanging gong or a cymbal. Have you ever stood by a gong for an hour straight? No, because we leave. We we don't want to be around it. The same goes for the church. We have truth we need to stand on, absolutely, and we do not waver. But if we're going to do it as a gong, the only one that's going to serve is us. We have to do it with compassion, with mercy, with justice, with love. And then, only then, right? The Holy Spirit can work through us as a conduit. If we're just going to bang the gong, we might as well bang the person over the head. Because it's the same thing. I'm not 100% sure where I was going with that when it comes to fasting. But I think it's the right posture when we enter the fast. Is God your will be done in my life? It's not my way. It's your way, always. And next week, we're going to look at one aspect of fasting that really should excite all of us. When it comes through when the fast kind of, quote-unquote, takes, what does that look like, and how is that made manifest in our life? Because it's almost like a superpower. Well, we'll wait to that for next week. Let's pray. Father, as you have gone before us, we give you thanks Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for standing. God, that you create a word that we stand on, that we walk out. Father, we know there's evil in the world. We know there are people that are perverting your word. There are people that are saying one thing about your word that's not it. Father, we could beat them over the head or we can love them. Father, you have called us to go in the world and make disciples. You didn't call us to go in the world and beat everybody up. So be with us as we do that. Be with us as we seek your word in all of this. And Father, if there is any of us that are fasting today, fasting from something, God, that you will continue to give us the strength to not break that fast but to seek you instead of whatever it was that we're fasting from. We love you. praise in your Holy Son's name. Amen. Please stand if you are able. Go into your week and may the Lord, the creator of all, bless you and keep you. Make his face shine on you. Be gracious unto you. Lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace, which always passes our understanding. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we all agree and said, amen.